0: Tonight on Huckabee, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, syndicated columnist Ron Hart, Murray the Magician, and country singer-songwriter Lucas Hold. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection.
2: Welcome everybody, we are very happy to have you here for a wonderful show that we've got lined up just for you. Now, Joe Biden doesn't wanna call the crisis at the southern border a crisis. At best, his people call it a challenge. But here's a little inconvenient truth. It is such a mess that the Biden team had to dispatch FEMA down there to help. That is the federal emergency management agency. They get called out when there is a disaster. A disaster. But Jen the White House mouthpiece says, they got it all under control. That's like saying that the landing of the Hindenburg was pretty smooth. (laughs) Or that the Titanic voyage was overall a great cruise, except for that one little bump. (laughs) Or that Hurricane Katrina was like a great big water park. Why is it so hard for them to admit that what they have done on the southern border is an all-hands-on-deck, cat-five disaster? And it was created because in their arrogance, they decided to immediately reverse the successful policies of the previous administration. I mean, they took Minnie Pearl's motto of, y'all come, as their message. And by the thousands, they have come. And many of them, this is tragic, are unaccompanied children. And there are so many of them that little storage units that are being used are housing children. And there are 1,800 of those children in a facility that has a capacity of 250. Kids are only getting one shower a week, living in conditions that certainly don't allow for social distancing, and they aren't getting COVID tests much. And when they do, and they test positive, they're still allowed in the country without a mask. Although four-year-old Carter Kimball, an autistic boy from Benton, Arkansas, got removed from a Spirit Airlines flight just this past week because he didn't have a mask, even though he had a medical note indicating that he couldn't wear a mask because of his autism as it caused him to have a meltdown. And then John Kerry, he was on a plane this week without a mask. So here's the deal. Illegal immigrants can cross the border without a mask. So here's what you do. If you're told somewhere in the country to wear a mask, just tell them that you're an illegal alien and that your name is John Kerry. You'll be fine, you'll be fine. Now, reporters and even congressmen are not being allowed to see firsthand the condition for these kids on the border. And there isn't even a gag order that's placed on government officials down there. And when pushed, about the lack of the promised transparency. Jin Psaki said that the White House had some information and that reporters could come by and some government officials would be glad to describe it to them. Did you get that? What? I mean, the only thing more amazing than a North Korean style press propaganda operation is that almost all of the press corps seemed to think that was okay for an answer. By the way, Joe Biden will finally hold his first press conference next week, but reporters have to apply and be picked to ask a question. I suppose that's so President Biden can have his answer scripted out and placed in his trusty teleprompter. Let's hope at least one reporter can sneak in some real questions. You know, the kind the press ought to be asking of an administration that can't see the crisis that everybody else can see. I mean, Joe Biden is turning America into a place where churches are locked down, but borders are wide open, where we kill thousands of high paying jobs on a pipeline in order to get those people on a government rescue plan that their grandkids are gonna have to pay for where we've got people in Hollywood wanting to cancel Pepe Le Pew and Dr. Seuss, but they give awards for pornographic performances of rap artists like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion on the Grammys that are so adult that the lyrics had to be totally changed and the costumes should have been changed, or at least covered up. In the meantime, the Biden bunch is covering stuff up, mostly just the truth about what's happening on the border. As thousands of illegal immigrants continue to pour into the country from the southern border, the Biden administration, trying to limit the flow of information that we get to see and read about it. It is a full blown crisis that the White House won't call a crisis, and they don't want you to know the extent of it. They're refusing to allow anyone access to see the conditions the children are being kept in, which I said is part of the transparency that they boast about. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is the top law enforcement official for the state. He says he'll use all available legal means to rein in President Biden's dangerous border policies and force the federal government to adhere to the rule of law. Joining me now is Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Uh, General, thanks for joining me. There is a crisis on the border. I think by any objective stance, that's what we face there, isn't it?
3: There's no doubt there's a crisis on the border and it was predictable because Obama's policies were exactly what Joe Biden is doing right now. And there was a crisis with those policies four years ago and there's a crisis now. So it was all predictable. Apparently they wanted these results because they knew what they were going to get because we have a history with these policies of getting bad results and we've got them.
2: Uh, Back in 2014, the Obama administration built some fencing and you know, people later on called them cages and said Donald Trump had put it there. It was actually pictures from the 2014 Obama administration. So there was already a lot of misinformation about what was happening to unaccompanied children. What's happening to unaccompanied children right now under Joe Biden's administration?
3: Well, the exact same policies as were under Obama and pretty similar to what was under Trump. They're they're detaining them. They are releasing them sooner than they should. This is one of the things we've sued over is to stop them from not deporting people, uh, which they are required to do under the law. And we're hopeful that at some point in the near future, we'll get our chance in court to to stop them from, from releasing people into the country.
2: There are reports that in some instances, facilities that were designed to handle 250 children are now handling 1,800 children, which is a 730 percent Uh, increase in the number that they're supposed to hold. That means kids are just being crammed into small areas, not COVID tested. How does the Biden administration justify that kind of of really inhumane treatment of these kids?
3: You know what? I think that's part of why you see them not wanting information out about this, because it's pretty clear to anybody that can see this, if we can see it, that this is not good for those children, that this policy of encouraging all these people to cross the border at the same time. And his signaling on day one that if you come across the border, we're not going to deport you for the first 100 days, kind of made people hurry to the border all at once and created the crisis that we're dealing with now. It was all very predictable. And I don't think they want people to really know how bad it is. Uh,
2: presidents don't get to just make up laws they go. I mean, that's why we have a legislative body called the Congress. And and there is law in place about what happens when a person comes here illegally. The president has virtually suspended the enforcement of that law. Is that the basis upon which you're challenging the federal government's uh, policies at the border?
3: That's exactly the basis uh, upon which we're challenging. The, The president, as you said, has no authority to just change the law. That's up to Congress. We have elected officials, they debate, they have hearings, they have a transparent process with Joe Biden deciding unilaterally that we were no longer going to enforce that law. He doesn't have the authority to do that as president. We do have laws in this country, and even the president has to follow those laws. So we sued him, and we, have a, we got a temporary injunction after six days. We now have a permanent injunction in place to supposedly keep him enforcing the law, but I'm not convinced he's doing it.
2: If he fails to continue to a, a, a comply by the law, even after a court says he has to, what, what is the next step? What, what can you do? What can anybody do if a president just sort of thumbs his nose and says, you know, I'm not gonna do it?
3: You know, that's, that's, a, that's a very interesting question. You, you'd almost have to have impeachment proceedings um, because you can't you can't force him. He's, if he doesn't follow court orders and he views himself as outside the law, he's, he's running amok outside of our constitution, outside of constitutional authority, outside of federal law. You know, it would be, I think, a constitutional crisis.
2: Well, we don't have crisis on the border, though, uh, General, because they've already told us (laughs) we didn't. I I don't understand why the White House is so reluctant. I mean, the climate issue is a crisis. Um, You know, the issue of the economy is a crisis. COVID is a crisis. But we've got tens of thousands of people pouring over the border that we can't control. And somehow, according to the White House, that is not a crisis. Why can they not accept that it is? I mean, they've even sent FEMA to the border. FEMA is supposed to involved when there is a disaster, a crisis, if you will?
3: I think the reason they don't want to call this a crisis is because they created it and they don't want to be held responsible for the consequences of their actions. Clearly, uh, Donald Trump had had a significant impact on illegal immigration with the building of the wall, with the message that you can't come here and get in, the message that if you're seeking asylum, you're going to have to wait in Mexico. These policies work. It worked like no other policies we've had, at least in my lifetime, and Biden reversed them, and the consequences are his. And I don't think the I don't think he wants to be held responsible for what he created. So they will not call it a crisis.
2: General Texas has about a thousand miles of, of border with the uh, country of Mexico, so it's it's clearly uh, front and center for every resident of Texas. And when people pour over the border and they get into the cities, maybe there's a perception that people in Texas uh, sort of look the other way and they don't care. My experience of being down on the border and talking not just to border uh, patrol agents, but also to to citizens, many of them who are themselves immigrants, but legal immigrants. They're not happy with illegal immigration. They know that it is detrimental to the, the economy of the entire state and to the country. Why didn't the president understand that? Does he ever talk to those people down there?
3: Well, he has not made a trip to the border, and I think if he would go and talk to these border agents, talk to people that live along the border, I think he could see one, that he's creating a tremendous risk with the spread of COVID, which he supposedly cares about. Two, just the risk with human trafficking, with drug trafficking, with other crimes. I would love for him to talk to some of these families that have lost loved ones to illegal immigration, where somebody's come across the border and killed one of their family members that will change your perception of the border if you actually talk to people that have been negatively affected. So I wish he'd spend more time down there and get a real feel for what the people that are most impacted feel along the border.
2: Well, I know that if you invite him, he will respond because uh, of his great respect for you and Governor Abbott and others in Texas. (laughs) I I speak facetiously, of course. Uh, Ken Paxton, thank you so very much for joining us. By the way, you can follow the Attorney General of Texas on Twitter, at Ken Paxton TX for Texas. And you can learn more about his work fighting for Texans at TexasAttorneyGeneral.gov. Keith Bilbury has a long list of our great guests tonight, and he's been begging me to let him tell you about it. Here he is.
0: I hate to beg, but coming up on Huckabee, syndicated columnist Ron Hart, and later, the Dennis the Menace of Magic, Murray the Magician. Stay tuned. and sign up for his free newsletter and follow At Mike on Twitter.
2: And welcome back. My next guest is my favorite syndicated columnist. He really is. Ron Hart combines biting humor, satire, and a whole lot of painful truth to make the news of the day entertaining as well as enlightening. He recently wrote that President Obama took out Osama bin Laden, President Trump took out top Iranian terrorist Qasem Soleimani, but not to be outdone, President Biden and his PC police got Mr. Potato Head Pepe Le Pew in the cat in the hat. Please welcome syndicated columnist Ron Hart. <laughs> uh, I, I never miss reading your columns. They are the, they're the best in the country going on right now because they're funny. So are you just a naturally funny guy?
4: Uh, naturally uh, cynical, maybe. <laughs> yeah, kind of funny, I guess, yeah. You look at the absurdity of Washington and you do it from the right side of the ledger, it's not very hard to make fun of them. It's crazy. I mean, it is crazy. What's yeah. happened to this country? Well, they got rid of Mr. Potato Head, right? So yeah. he was a, kind of a uh, gender neutral, uh, moustached, kind of a expressionless face person, you know, it could have been a host of The View. I think. <laughs> I mean, it was just, and so these these potatoes are really getting you know, and they're going to change. Of course, you got Idaho potatoes. Yeah, you're going to have to change that name because there there are loose women in, named Ida they aren't going to like that at all. You know, so.
2: If, well, one thing about it, I mean, they're clearly baked. There's right. no doubt about that, right? <laughs> you
4: got you got a situation now, like you got. Uh, you know these bands, Dixie Chicks. Everybody loves the Dixie Chicks. Used to, I guess, yeah. at some point. And then you got your, uh, you got your band, uh, you got uh, Alabama, of course. You got Lady Alabama. Lady Alabama changed yeah. their name. So Alabama, right. it's just a matter of time. They're going to have to change their name to Vermont.
5: <laughs>
4: I know those guys and I love them and I want to tell you something they will never do that. <laughs> Good for them. They are they are too real. They're I love them. Fat off of royalties, then and they Scott deserved every whatever. penny
2: of it for sure. God bless you them. also talked about this ridiculous interview that the Royals, Harry and uh, Meghan, had with Oprah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love your characterization that here were a billionaire interviewer and two people who are royalty talking about how tough their lives <laughs> were. <laughs>
4: It's it's tough, right? You know, you got Woko Yono, you know, she broke broke up the Beatles and broke up that. So, you know, Harry, I didn't know. I didn't know he could be oppressed. I didn't realize that. I mean, how do you, I mean, that that tells you about Hollywood. When you go to Hollywood, the the highest form of endearment is to be oppressed, right? You aspire to be oppressed. It's hard. Having things, I like celebrity every now and then. Like you, you seem to be that way. Like, hey, I'm enjoying this. It's <laughs> a pretty good ride. <laughs> Listen, like,
2: I knew how I grew up, Ron. I was, ch- <laughs> you know, catching chickens when I was a kid. Anything beats that. So I'm quite happy doing what I do. I'm not be impressed. Too.
4: What's the gratitude? You know, there's, You know, Tony Bennett's made a great career. Of having gratitude. Yeah. You gotta have gratitude. These people are just angry, and that's the that's the culture we live in right now. It's a sad situation. Well, it, it's very true on what used to be late-night comedy
2: shows. We used to laugh at Johnny oh, yeah. Carson and Jay Leno. Now all of these guys they're supposed to be comedians and hosting comedy. They're not funny, and they're angry. Right. And they're just screaming out. Trump's and-
4: ugly. He's fat, he's orange. No. There's no there's no there's no creativity anymore. It's not no. funny anymore. If I say Biden no. could throw his own surprise party. Then then I'm a racist, uh, you know, that's hate hate speech, right? So the left uh, has done a great job of defining the narratives in this world. And and it's against their agenda. And it's a small vocal few of them. But nonetheless, you've got to abide by it because you've got to be really careful out there.
2: You know, we've talked, and a lot of this stuff is funny because it's the only way you can cope with it is to laugh at it. It's so ridiculous. But there is a serious side of all this. And that is that the woke cancel culture is really dangerous Mm -hmm. to free speech to the Constitution. Does it worry you that people are going to say that Ron Hart is dangerous He's a racist. We got to get him out of all these newspapers he's published in.
4: I got kicked out of our Panhandle papers. The Gannett papers kicked me out. Uh, they were on Gannett USA Today. Which, mm. is the, if you've never seen USA Today, it's a cartoon like a coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be a newspaper, but anyway, they kicked, they kicked me out. So I'm still a 55 newspaper, just fine. But you know, it's, the cancel culture is a weird situation because the, you, you have freedom of speech in America right now, correct? As Should long as have. Facebook, Twitter, yeah. the HR department, you know, the feds are okay with what you say. It's not It's not free speech if everybody has to okay what you say. No longer, you know, no one wants to have debate. They want to call you racist, put you in the corner so you can't say that. And then it stifles free speech. I mean, Hitler did it in, in Nazi Germany. So, you know, the knife of the long knives got rid of all of his opponents. It's, 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 it's a slippery slope. And I I've already picked out my re-education camp. I don't know if you have. Or not.
2: No, where's yours going to be? I may want to go. You'll be funny to listen to. The boot,
4: boot Hills of Missouri, I think is where I'm going to go. Oh, okay. It's really nice, yeah. But prison would be hard on me because there's no gangs that have financial advisors who also like to play golf. There's no gangs that, <laughs> in prison. So. There's probably not.
2: I know, so I might have a hard time. You know, you and I both grew up at the time when people on college campuses were rioting to have free speech, and now they're rioting to make sure they don't. Uh, before I let you go, you do some stand-up. As, I mean, not just yeah. writing, but you do stand-up, yeah, stand-up comedy, up to, comedy yeah. clubs.
4: And you write about the free speech, I mean, on, on, the, on the campus, you know, like, and, and also the war. They were against, the, we were against the war. I, I'm a libertarian. I was, yeah. I was against the wars early on. And Biden, first thing he does, instead of COVID relief and all this other stuff, he, he, he bombs Syria. Yeah. He's dropping a lot of bombs for a guy that owes me $1,400.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ron, we got to have you come back and do a stand-up routine for us. Love your columns. I hope everybody reads you. Everyone in America who has an open mind and a funny bone needs to be reading Ron Hart. And uh, you can follow Ron Hart on Twitter at Ronald Hart. Also, check out ronaldhart.com. It is a one-stop shop, because right there you can read all of his columns, and you are missing some great stuff if you're not already doing that. We've got a lot more ahead. In case you missed it is on that agenda, so don't you dare go away. Welcome back, everybody, and let's give a great big hand to my favorite band in the whole world, Trey Corley, yeah. and the Music City Connection.
0: Yeah.
2: Hey, if you have not heard, I've got a new podcast out. It's called The People's Podcast. It's a weekly show. We'll cover a wide range of topics with a lot of interesting guests. Please check it out and subscribe. How do you do that? Go to quakemedia.com mike. That's how you do it. Well, from a pool full of bean dip to socially awkward cats, we've got the news you're gonna devour on In Case You Missed It. All right, we have all been wearing face masks so long, it's kind of easy to forget that we even have them on. Uh, Leslie Pilgrim of Huntington Beach, California forgot to take her mask off while she was posing for her new driver's license photo. Now, the clerk was so used to masks that he didn't notice it either. That is, until he took the picture. So he took another photo without the mask, but when her license arrived, guess what, Keith? What? It had the mask photo on it. (laughs) Now she's got to redo the whole thing. Oh, man. You know why? Because... It's probably the best driver's license photo I anyone to ever say, took.
0: They're not usually very good. No,
2: they're usually not. I think I should do my next one with a mask on. It'll probably be better. <laughs> Plus, I'll tell you, there's another benefit to that. What's that? It's valid in Saudi Arabia. There's oh. a good reason to have it on. <laughs> And by the way, having a picture with a mask, it's the only form of voter ID that Democrats would ever agree to. There, That's a yeah. good reason. Besides, this is nothing. We've got a sneak preview of Joe Biden's official presidential Ooh, portrait. Here it is, right here. I see that. See that? Yeah. Wow. That's how it's that's gonna nice. look. That's yeah. actually really nice. Yeah. Someday that's they're gonna put the that picture on money. And then he'll spend it all
0: when he gets that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of spending it all, my wife. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, pause yeah. there Don't for laughter. <laughs> Well, she was very upset with me because, mm. you know, I got online, did a little overspending, uh, went, went overboard. Surely not. Uh, on stuff I call superfluous. Superfluous? Is that a good word?
2: What? Keith, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. That just doesn't sound like a word that you would really
4: use. No. Well? Uh, you think? No, that's the think. writers trying to make him sound smarter. I'm not I, sure I what promise. it means, There's but I...
0: <laughs> no, I, I learned that from my word of the day toilet paper. You have that, I got right? that for yeah. Christmas. That's, yeah. that's yeah. great. Everyone should have a roll of that. Well, anyway, she asked me, why did you spend so much money on pointless things and never on her? Hmm, That's that, a good that's question. Think about So I, I, put a, I put a map on the refrigerator, gave her a dart, yep. and told her to throw it on the map, and I would take her anywhere the dart hit, no matter what. Where in the world it landed?
2: You know, I think that's a really pretty generous idea. So where are you guys going to be going?
0: Uh, We'll be spending two weeks in the back of the refrigerator. (laughs) Well, that's where it landed. Uh, You know what?
2: I think you might be spending two weeks in the fridge. Uh, Uh, I'm afraid so. All right. Let's go now to a Chatsworth, California man. He wanted to help his favorite Mexican restaurant, a place called Las Toros, survive the pandemic. So to promote the restaurant, he spent 24 hours sitting in a kid's waiting pool that was filled with Lost Taurus' bean dip. Whoa. 24 hours in a... Think about that. It, that is, sitting in bean disgusting. dip. No. no. <sighs> uh, that's... No. I've got to tell ya, my you. My mother-in-law, know, yeah. I, I just want to tell you. I've seen some kids' waiting pools, and it looked just like that. It really did. <laughs> <is. laughs> this guy's name is Hunter Ray Barker, but his friends just call him Chip.
3: Yeah. Oh, come on. Oh. Oh. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Anyway, he says he hopes this will make people eat at Los Taurus. I'm sure it will. But ain't nobody going to be eating that bean dip. I'm telling you right now. (laughs)
0: There's so many lines here I could use. I'm shutting up.
2: As you know, I'm not a big cat fan. And here's some science to back up my feelings on that. Researchers divided 36 cats into two groups. Half of them watched an actor help the cat's owner open a container. The other half saw the actor act rude and refused to help. Afterward, the actor offered treats to the cats and every one of the cats took the treats. They tried this with dogs and dogs wouldn't take a treat from someone who had been mean to their owners. Wow. Cats didn't care. There you go. So the researchers who must be cat people said, This does not mean cats are selfish. They're just socially awkward and bad at reading people's intentions. Like some voters, I think is what that's. Sounds a little bit
0: like Trey Corley. I think it is, yeah.
2: Anyway, finally, speaking of good dogs, Nashville businessman Bill Dory, right here in Nashville, had an eight-year-old border collie named Lulu who was so good that when Bill passed away last year at the age of 85, he left Lulu, get this, $5 5 million dollars in his will mm-hmm. for the dog. Saw that. Wow. Whew. I mean that's more than the queen gave Harry and Meghan, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a major dough. Anyway, her caretaker says Lulu isn't spoiled because how can you spend 5 million dollars on a dog? I mean, I don't know, buy maybe sausages from Whole Foods or something I don't know. that m- might cost 5 million. Here's my question. If cats are so socially inept then how come a bunch of them are sucking up to Lulu to try to get her money? That's what I want to know. There you go. Well, on that dog of a joke, it's time (laughs) for us to debark from this segment. Oh, that was good. How about that? See what I did there? Yep. All right. Debark. But until next time, always remember that we
0: read the news. So you More entertainment is coming up with Murray the magician and country music star Lucas Holm. More Huckabee after the break. Next week, join Mike's guest, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, and Stephanie Quayle.
2: Murray Sawchuck shot to fame on America's Got Talent by making a steam locomotive, like, disappear. You've seen him on Masters of Illusion and on his YouTube channel, which boasts nearly 2 million subscribers. Folks, let me explain something. That's a lot of people subscribing on YouTube. There's a reason for that, and you're about to find out. He also performs every night at two Vegas resorts, the Tropicana's Laugh Factory, and then in the Luxor Review fantasy. I want you to welcome the hilarious and amazing Murray the Magician.
6: Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here. And so when I see you guys looking at me and you're going, wow, Phyllis Diller and Dean Martin had a baby, this is it. (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, So I always love trying new things. And I've been on Pawn Stars now for about uh, 10 years. And we love old stuff. I love old stuff. And I brought something on this show I thought I'd share with you, Mike. It's an aptitude test in the 1930s. I thought it was kind of cool. Now, I have an aptitude test of my own. I want to show you. We're going to bring it on. Um, I had many jobs from the age of 11 till 20. And I always had to do an aptitude test. Uh, By your applause, some people have ever done an aptitude test for job here before. Anybody? Like yes? So you guys know what it is. Wonderful. This is Danny Elizabeth. And so I have my test here. Now, I'm not going to show you the test just yet. It's inside the envelope, all right? So you guys know it's there. I'm going to seal this up just like so. And uh, Mike, I'm going to have you hang on to this uh, for us if you don't mind. Danny's okay. going to bring it over to you. All right. All right. And your Thank job you, is Dan. to hang on to that. You can keep it in full view at any time. Just don't tamper with it or run off with it. That's for you to keep, all right? Okay. So here's how this works, all right? Now. Um, With this, it's a color test. Uh, Now, with aptitude tests, for those who don't know, it's basically a skill set on what you can do for a job that you're trying to get, and they try to match you it. Now, with me, if you say test, I fail it every time. Just the word test makes me want to just not do well. So this is how it works, all right? Uh, We have a blue switch, blue bulb, green switch, green bulb, yellow switch, yellow bulb, red switch, red bulb. Now, if anyone happens to be colorblind, uh, watching I Apologize for the next three minutes. I, just, no, I, mean, <laughs> I, I literally went to dinner a few uh, weeks ago in Vegas with a buddy of mine who's colorblind and a nice Italian restaurant and the lady walks over and asked him, would you like some red or white wine? And he goes, I don't care, I'm colorblind. <laughs> so anyways, here's the test. So the first test is a three-part test. You'd be challenged. The blue switch, make the switch, match the bulb. So okay, so blue switch, blue ball, right? And then Green switch, green bulb. Yellow switch, yellow bulb. And of course the red switch, red bulb. So that'd be pretty simple to pass, I think. Yes, for yeah. most, yeah, okay. Trey, even you, yeah. Yeah, even you. Perfect, okay, <laughs> perfect. So now we're gonna take the bulbs out. This is kind of where it goes sideways just a little bit, okay? Now, um, Mike, I'm gonna have you help me. You're gonna stay there, but I'm gonna okay. have you help me now. Mike, you're gonna be the blue bulb. Okay. okay. And um, the idea is not to put the ball back in the same socket, because we obviously know the switch works that socket. Yeah. So where would you like the blue bulb to go, Mr. Huckabee? Um, socket number one, socket number two, socket number three, or socket number four? Number three. Number three. Blue bulb and socket number three. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. We'll put this into the socket. Um, now let me see... Uh... Lori, how you doing?
1: I'm good. I love your
6: hair. Thank you. you can be my sister. Look at that. (laughs) So, Lori, you are going to be the green bulb, okay? Okay. Uh, Which socket would you like the green bulb to go into? Socket number one, socket number two, or socket number four?
1: Let's go with four.
6: Four, okay. Green bulb and socket number four for Lori. Thank you so much for helping me. Where are you originally from? Are you from Nashville or are you from?
1: From London, Kentucky.
6: London, Kentucky. Kentucky. That's wonderful. Well, thanks for helping me. I appreciate that. Uh, The next bulb, of course, is the yellow bulb. And... uh, Keith, can you help me? Oh, let's it. Okay, so you just stay right there. So, yeah, Keith, you're going to be the uh, yellow bulb. Uh, where would you like the yellow bulb to go? Socket number one or socket number two?
0: Oh, let's do number one. Absolutely. Number
6: one, all right. Yellow bulb and socket number one. Thank you very much, Keith. Where are you originally from, Keith? Uh, Cookville, Tennessee. Oh, wonderful. Well, excellent. I like to figure out where people... I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada. I've been here for about 20 years now. And so, uh... And when I became American citizen, I said one thing I would do is I would always honor the U.S.-owned veterans. So I do a lot of those shows. So if there's anybody out there who's a veteran, thank you so much, so... Fair enough. Last ball. Trey, last but not least, Mike was like, you know, you gotta pick on Trey. So I'm... That's... (laughs) I I like your hair. Thanks for combing your hair. You look really good. Real nice. Let's see. Wore a three-piece suit. Baseball cap. Did not know I could wear a baseball cap, Mike. Um, you're going to be the, the red bulb. Where do you want the red bulb to go, Trey? I, I, I was going to pick number one, but I'll go with two. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I asked somebody in my show back in Vegas where they wanted this to go, and they told me exactly where. And it wasn't okay. All right. We're going to put this in socket number two for Trey, red bulb socket number two. Thank you, Trey. appreciate it. So our next question for this test would be which bulb, uh, which switch works which bulb? Well, if you know how this aptitude test works, of course, you know the green switch always works the green bulb. Yeah. <laughs> And the uh, blue switch, of course, always works the blue bulb. We know that. And, of course, the red switch always works the red bulb. And the yellow switch always works the yellow bulb. <laughs> Have I confused you guys enough? No, it's, that's how they work. <laughs> Stunned silence. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do like a quiet place to rehearse, people. No. So... Let's just switch these caps just like this, because they don't match now. I'm going to put the red cap where that should be, the yellow where the yellow should be, the blue where the blue should be, and, of course, the green where the green should be. And this is the third test of the aptitude test. be which switch works which bulb. Well, if you know how this test works, of course, the green switch always works green bulb, blue, red, yellow, just like that. And that's my aptitude test. (laughs) Now, look... Um, Mr. Takabi, you have been, of course, holding the test uh, for a while. Yeah. I actually showed you my test uh, of how I, I did. Uh, Dan's going to take that from you. Okay. And um, one thing yeah. with these type of tests is I'm going to save you guys doing a little bit of research that I need to give. For this. But there's, there's four bulbs, right? I don't know if you know this or not, but the four bulbs that, that we actually have here, there is 24 different patterns you can actually make with the four bulbs. All right? I'm going to save you doing the research on that. I'm going to actually show you guys which pattern... Uh, I chose on my test a long time ago, if you guys want to see it. You guys want to see that? Yeah? Cool. Yeah. Here we go. Now, it's a totally free selection. Nothing's been preset with these people uh, coming on. I know what TV, people think that. It really hasn't, right, Mr. Huckabee? No. no. Okay, here's my pattern. Check this out. Have a look. you notice the yellow, the red, the blue, and the green match just <laughs> like that. <laughs> now, look. I don't insult your intelligence. I know what you're saying. I said this was from the 1930s, and it could be. Or I could have made it last week in my garage to look old. And, uh, and the switches may not even work. They may make that big clunking sound. Uh, there'll be somebody in the back of the room with an app turning the light bulbs on. I know how everyone thinks nowadays, right? We got have yeah. Lexus, we have Siri. That's why I had this way beforehand, Mike, before we knew we were going to use, and of course the colors they're going to pick and all that stuff. So if you look really carefully, check this. Out. I already knew that uh, Keith would have the yellow bulb, Trey would have the red, Mike would have <laughs> oh, the blue, man. and Lori would have the green, just <laughs> like uh-huh. that, everybody. <laughs> and that's my aptitude test. Oh,
2: you know there's one thing you forgot to do though yes uh murray you should have had trey to have licked his finger and checked out to make sure that there was actually electricity in that socket that would have been (laughs) better
6: actually i got my hair to look like this to be honest with
2: you that was great i I always loved to watch magicians do their thing because I'm I'm going to spend the rest of the weekend trying to figure it out. <laughs>
6: me too, because that's very confusing, let me tell you.
2: Obviously, <laughs> you are incredibly popular. Uh, as I said, 2 million subscribers to a YouTube channel is huge.
6: It's a lot, isn't it? It yeah, is You have a, a lot. great YouTube channel. Congratulations on hitting your half million. Well, well thank Wonderful. you, but I
2: mean, you know, we, we have a long way to yeah. go to get to that. And I think it speaks that people are loving what you do. You're doing two shows. I
6: Vegas. am. I am so lucky. I have my show at the Tropicana. Yeah. I've been residence there for for quite a long time now. And then I also do a guest spot in a show called Fantasy at the Luxor. And it's been on, on the strip for over twenty-one years. And I do a guest spot in that. So it's it's pretty cool. You know, the uh, the, the show that's on Discovery, Pawn Stars that's about right. the pa- I mean, yeah, who Channel, would
2: ever yeah. have thought that would have been one of the
6: biggest hits on TV? And yeah, and
2: right. you do also sort of their consulting
6: work. That's right. Yeah, oh, I'm on there magic. as a magic historian, and I knew Rick way back in the day, and, uh, and he said, you know, Houdini and Blackstone are yeah. very famous magicians. Why don't you come on and just talk a bit about it? We have some stuff, and so it's been going on. For, I've been on there 15 seasons now, and uh, it doesn't look like it's stopping. It's great TV for any age. You can just keep it on while you're cooking dinner. Yeah. Just you don't need to always just watch it. You can have it going on as atmosphere. You always TV, learn you know? something about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Thank hey, Keith,
2: tell us how we can see more from Murray, the magician, because we want to.
0: Well, for more amazing videos from Murray the Magician, follow him on social media, and you can find tickets to his Las Vegas shows, his merchandise and more on his website, murraymagic.com. Next, author and former drug buster, Ed Hudson, and country singer, Lucas Holt. More Huckabee is on the way.
2: Kentucky was hit hard with major flooding last week, leaving thousands of people without food, water or shelter. Samaritan's Purse is working diligently at this very moment to repair homes and distribute much needed physical as well as spiritual care to those affected. But to continue doing God's work, they need people just like you, people who feel led to help these others and bless them with a financial and a spiritual gift. I hope that you'll consider calling the number on your screen Or you can visit Samaritan's Purse today, visit their website, and give to those in need. Thank you for doing that. Well, as a longtime law enforcement officer, Ed Hudson helped capture one of the most daring drug smuggling pilots of all time. How he went from pursuer to friend to spiritual mentor of that very same man is told in his incredible new book, As the Crow Flies, The Redemption of an international drug smuggler. Would you please welcome Ed Hudson? Ed, thanks for being here. Thank you. The the story you write about is one you were personally involved in. Freddie Wayne Crow was a daring pilot who flew drugs from Central America back to the U.S. And he flew across the Gulf of Mexico so low, radar couldn't catch him.
7: Yes, sir. it's so low that the waves would cause the sea spray to have salt collect on the windshield. I mean, that's nuts to fly that kind of thing. For 200 miles in a stretch. Wow. Yes.
2: You were with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement assigned to try to capture this guy who was
7: smuggling drugs, right? At, at the time I worked at the Iskambia County Sheriff's Office and I was working narcotics. And, and I was called in just before Freddie's arrest. and. Uh, because I'd worked the area that Freddie lived, and I knew a little bit about the people involved in the conspiracy, yes, sir.
2: For a long time, you didn't know who he was, his name, or uh, they called him Rambo. Rambo.
7: That's how he was known in the organization, because he didn't want to know anybody. He didn't want them to know him, because as people get knocked off, they begin to start talking, and, and he didn't want anybody to know Freddie Crow was involved. So he would dress up in camouflage and paint his face in camouflage and and try to hide his identity and it worked because they didn't know who he was so they gave him the nickname Rambo and that's how he was indicted originally.
2: How did he get
7: caught? He got caught because people did begin to to talk but uh, he had a partner named Billy Dekel and and, uh, Billy had been a fugitive for about three years, and I happened to locate him in, uh, there in Pensacola. And, and along with the rest of the Narcotic Squad, we arrested Billy. And at, uh, during Billy's trial, it was became known that Freddie was Rambo. Then he was arrested because he had already been indicted as well, just under the name Rambo. The, the thing that's
2: really the crux of the book is you got to know him on a personal level. I mean, you're, you are going after him as a law enforcement official. You arrest him. Yes, sir. Later, you become his friend. Yes, sir. And his spiritual mentor. How did that come about?
7: Well, Freddie made the decision to to change his life yeah. once he got arrested. He was looking at a life sentence. He cooperated with the the investigation and received a 10-year sentence. I talked with him during interviews and stuff and began to build a rapport with him and uh, he actually was a witness in my very first case when I got hired with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Uh, but from that, he asked if he could call me from prison, and he would call me from time to time, and then as it, uh, time came for him to get out, he he uh, asked if he could come see me. And, hmm. and, and it just began to build, and he, he eventually became a... Uh, Confidential source for the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, but just strictly because he had so much knowledge of the drug yeah. uh, trade, uh, interviewed numerous times, and I was his handler. But uh, Freddie had, had his his life had continued to improve. He had he had started his own business. He met the love of his life, Sandra, and everything was going great. And then he calls me up and tells me that he's been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Mm. And uh, I'm a Christian, and I felt compelled by God to to assist him in his last walk.
2: And that's how he came to Christ. You guys built a bond. We did. And and his life ended on a very positive note of knowing Christ, being able to really truly repent of of things that he had done, and make it at peace. Uh, absolutely. What uh, a beautiful story. It's. Uh, you're the most unlikely guy to, to be his mentor. I mean, the guy that arrested him, and, and now you're helping him to get to heaven. I mean, you get him in jail now, you get him into heaven. That's a pretty good deal, Ed. Well,
7: <laughs> I, and and I have to say, he was he was the one who who actually initiated this relationship, calling me from prison and yeah. And, because he wanted to change his life. And and he wanted everybody to know that he had given that up. It's a beautiful story. I hope it becomes
2: a movie. As The Crow Flies, The Redemption of an International Drug Smuggler, it's available now. For more information, you can check out at Ed Hudson, author on Facebook. I hope you will.
0: After the break, TV celebrity sportsman and country music star Lucas Holt joins us. Stay with Huckabee.
2: And welcome back. Country music star Lucas Hogue has been busy during the 2020 quarantine with various music and lifestyle projects. He stars in the Sportsman's Channel highly rated Hogue Wild television series showcasing Lucas as an avid outdoorsman as well as his hugely successful live stream series called Sunday Sessions. Last time Lucas was with us, he took his bow and he shot an apple off my head watch. Now, you didn't think I was going to let him actually do that to my actual head, did you? A lot of folks did, and they were hoping it would, but it didn't happen. Anyway, it was an amazing shot. Went right through the apple. Well, this week, Lucas released his latest country music single. It's titled, Get Lost. Here to tell us more. Lucas Hogue. You know, there were so many people on this team that really wanted you to bring the bow back, and they wanted me to physically be there. And I said, <laughs> oh, no. no way. As good you as good. you are, I'm not trusting you for that.
8: No, I wouldn't trust me either. I'm two out of three. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: and it might be the, the second or the third one that, that didn't work out anyway. Exactly. Glad to have you back, Lucas. so
8: great to be back. Thank you for having me.
2: You know, most people have had a tough 2020 year in the entertainment business because yeah. all the shows closed, touring right. shut down. You managed to survive. So how'd you do it when others have had such a tough time?
8: It's been tough. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, but uh, I kind of doubled down on everything. Really went to the online stuff and really just ramped up everything. And that's um, something that I did with the Sunday sessions, right? So I started those three years ago just doing one song on a Sunday. And then when COVID hit, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna prop up and do, you know, 30 minutes every Sunday. And man, these things really took off like crazy. So it kept us and up
2: there. <laughs> you and I have three things that we we love. One is music. Yeah. The outdoors. Yeah. And faith.
8: Amen.
2: Uh I mean you you've done a outdoor channels uh series. Yeah. You've got this Sunday session series. It's a gospel presentation every week. Yes, sir. And of course, you're just coming out with all kinds of great music. Thank In you. fact, one of the songs that we're doing this week just premiered.
8: I mean, just, just premiered. this week. Yeah.
2: And just, you wrote just, it.
8: Yeah, thank you, Get Lost. It's, it's one of those fun songs, you know, and inspired by all this craziness that we're going through. It's like, I think everybody was ready for us to just, everybody wants to go and just get lost, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and reinvent themselves and just figure out the path that they want to go. And hopefully that song will help carry them into that, you know?
2: Well, it's a beautiful song. I, I hope it is a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get set up to play. While we're doing that, Keith is going to tell the folks at home, how they can get connected with Lucas Hogue and the great music he's got, including this brand new song that I hope every single one of you will download.
0: You can get Lucas Hogue's latest single, Get Lost, and the rest of his great music everywhere music is sold and streamed. For more information about Hogue Wild, Lucas Outdoor Sportsman Show, and his Sunday Sessions live stream, go to lucashogue.com. Now, after the show, go to huckabee.tv for Lucas Hogue's performance of Countryside Drive. Now, here to perform his new single, Get Lost, with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection, with Mike on bass, is Lucas Hogue!
5: you. California, real I'm a ski straight, laced with the ball cap. Skull ring, I know you like that. Out of your uptown shine back of my mind, I think it's time to see your countryside tonight and get lost, get lost. Get good and gone We out there All along with a million stars Kiss you slow on the hood of my car Turn them headlights off Soak up every drop With the moonlight shine Lose a little track of time And we can get lost, get lost Find a county line And we can cross and keep on going Get lost Girl, I know somewhere